0: Time for bed! But Christmas is tomorrow! I'm too excited to sleep! Would you go to sleep if I told you a bedtime story? Okay. Twas the night before Christmas, and Mommy and the kids were worried about Daddy when they heard about the bus crash on the radio. But Daddy came home safe and sound, and it was the best Christmas ever. Yay! However, everybody on the packed bus died, and their family spent Christmas Day identifying bodies and planning funerals. What the fuck? Christmas Carol catastrophes? A podcast about the oddest Christmas songs ever unleashed on an unsuspecting public starts November seventeenth. No, really. What in the actual fuck? <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. And this time I am joined by MJ and Sarah from a... Well, we'll discuss this in a bit. Soon to come out show called... Let's party with Marty. Hey guys, (laughs) thanks for speaking with me today. Hey, thanks for having having us.
2: us.
1: (laughs) I'm starting a bit differently to usual. So Mm -hmm. you're entering the world of podcast. Is this the first time for both of you, or have you delved these waters before now?
0: Oh yeah, we are. (laughs) I think I think we determined combined have. 20 years experience in podcasting ish, right? Wow. Um so it's yeah, be I've been, close
2: to, yeah. Yeah.
0: I've been doing I've been podcasting in some way, shape, or form for about nine, 10 years now. So yeah, yeah this is this is actually my third. Actually, if you really want the origin story, it's my <laughs> fifth podcast that I've co hosted, but it's my third concurrently. I have three shows coming out right now. Um, and one of them is with Sarah. Yeah. and then yeah. well two of them now are with sarah i should say
2: <laughs> yeah so this is our second this is let's party with marty is our second one together so while it is not not yet to come out uh there are more than a hundred hours of uh, the stuff that we've done together already so yeah. yeah
1: i should have done some research if i didn't <laughs> know that um, I mean, I mean. So, what what is the concept then of let's party with Marty? Is it just a basic let's watch one of Marty's films and discuss it, or is there a bit more to it than that?
2: Yeah, a, a little more to it than that. So, um, we're both huge Martin Scorsese fans, um, and have sort of talked about on our on our other show quite a bit about how we can try and shoehorn. Uh, a marty season into what we talk about over there which is usually about jaws or related to jaws um and sort of couldn't figure out how exactly we would make that work and then recently uh or at least recently a time of recording um martin scorsese joined letterboxd which is if people don't know where you sort of log the films that you've seen you can write reviews etc make lists um and he made this list of the 59 companion films that he thought would go well with his own films and this sort of got us excited really and in, in that it's not just let's go through all of the films that Scorsese has directed which you know I'm not saying anyone could do but yeah it, that that sort of seems like the fairly the fairly obvious obvious route to take and this was kind of like okay we can do that but also we can go through these companion films at the same time and not just get an insight into the films that Scorsese has made, but the films that sort of made him want to make films or the films that he thinks go well with his films. So that was an exciting concept for us. So I think at at the moment we've got about 98 episodes planned, that sort of mixture of uh, Scorsese's own directed films and then films that he has sort of put on this companion films list for us to dive into as well.
1: That's great. So I mean um, for, for anybody that doesn't know there, there, there is one big uh, um, connection between Mr Scorsese and the film Jaws as well. I think you mentioned that uh, that that, you, that you're talking about Jaws but there is a big um, connection there between the two isn't there?
2: Uh is
1: that well, he, 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 was, was it he the one who suggested the change of how to kill the shark?
2: I don't Possibly. believe
0: so. I'm not yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, I know is, we
2: just learned something.
0: Yeah, yeah. If it is, <laughs> we just learned something. Um in okay. Yes, he did. My cat has did the you. loudest meow in the world, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um if uh He just runs around screaming. I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, I know that uh, Spielberg affected the making of Cape Fear with Robert De Niro, the Cape Fear remake, because Spielberg was going to direct that. And then Scorsese was going to direct Schindler's List, weirdly. Um, And so they swapped projects. Uh, Spielberg was basically (laughs) like, I'll give you Cape Fear if you give me Schindler's List. And um, he is the one who suggested spoilers for... Cape Fear, which is like a (laughs) 32-year-old movie now. Um, But uh, he is the one who suggested that De Niro kill the maid and take her outfit right before the climax happens. And if you watch Cape Fear, you'll see an establishing shot of the house right before that kicks off. And there's a shooting star in Mm -hmm. the background. And that shooting star is an homage to Spielberg because Spielberg, there's like this famous debate over shooting stars that are in uh, Jaws, and he's put them in a lot of his films. So mm-hmm. I know that connection between Cape Fear and uh, uh, Shimmer's List and
1: yeah. Spielberg, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, it, it was it was uh, Marty who suggested the uh, the change and how to kill the shark at the end, and then they changed it sort of like, the an ele- 11th hour change was made by the script writers to to work that
2: in in there yeah yeah i mean they're they're contemporaries and you know friends of each other as well so it's yeah it's it's entirely reasonable that they're sort of you know influence on on each other's films and i think that us sort of you know liking jaws as much as we do and that being the focus of our of our first podcast it's like it's not too many you know degrees of separation away from from Marty, really. And that's where we've that's where we've ended up.
1: Yeah, because I I seem to I think I've seen photographs of Marty on there in on location with, with Spielberg and the team. And I think George Lucas was there with them as well and possibly Coppola. Because they were all like you said, they're all contemporaries and friends with each other and helped each other out with projects and made suggestions quite a lot. You look on the Mm. Star Wars sets and you'll find Spielberg on there on the set and Marty Mm. occasionally Mm. going and
2: visiting,
1: (laughs) you know, George as well. So, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's amazing. So what sort of research are you doing then? Because I'm assuming you've already got some episodes in the can ready to go.
2: Uh, not yet. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're, we're yeah. <laughs> Go on MJ, MJ, he's busy with the cat. <laughs> the
0: the cat unplugged my headphones when he jumped off my lap. Hey, um, hey, also always. yeah yeah. <laughs> so we are recording our very f- well. We have episode zero out, which is like an introduction to who we are as podcasters and the premise of the show and then episode one will should be out on tuesday the 21st i believe but um yeah yeah we have not recorded that yet we're at time of this recording we are recording it this weekend uh but we are we are loading up on scorsese (laughs) books and documentaries and behind like bits and bobs here and there there's uh an audiobook we're both listening to sarah i think you're reading like three scorsese books at the same time
2: yeah not to be not to be advised because i keep thinking of like (laughs) oh what was that really good quote like which book was that in and Uh then i'm going through my three scorsese books like where is it (laughs) yeah
0: um and then just uh you know obviously watching the films but then also i'm i've watched a couple of the films that are not full length films, feature length films, all his feature length films are on there, but there's a couple short films on there that um, or that are not on the list, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm going and watching a couple of those. Like I watched the video for Bad that he directed for Michael Jackson um, the mm-hmm. other night and just like really thought about Scorsese's directing at the forefront of my mind when I've watched it. Cause I've never, you know, I've seen the Bad video a bunch. That's one of the most famous music videos of all time, but it's so interesting watching it thinking about Scorsese directing it and being on set and having to work in a, an aspect ratio he's not used to, right. Because it's four by three, it has to be formatted for, you know, old school CRT television sets. And he's used to working with, you know, super wide 35 millimeter film and just seeing how he takes his sensibilities from that and applies it to, uh, this shot on video i think it looks like to me um shot on video medium that's still because scorsese's scorsese and michael jackson at the time was you know michael jackson is an 18 minute short film and to see his sort of what if the warriors did west side story take on that is is really really fascinating and just something i'd never thought of Before, so it's a lot of reading and a lot of just watching stuff that you may not have really considered Scorsese as a presence in that thing until now.
1: I mean, it's it's surprising because I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that that the thriller video I thought that was done on film by Landis. Yeah,
0: that's widescreen. Yeah,
1: Mm. and and I think. Did Spike Lee do the Remember the Time video? Was that on film or was that on video? I'm not really uh, that
0: sure. That I'm not sure. I think you're right about Spike Lee doing the Remember the Time video. But yeah, Landis shot thriller on film. But I think it got some sort of theatrical exhibition as well.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it went at the cinema as well. So that's the research. So, so how are you choosing which topics that you're going to pick then. I mean, are you doing all of the 59 films and then Marty's films as well? Uh is that how yeah. it's and you're being picky with Marty's films or are you going to eventually do all of them?
2: We're we're kind of uh married to the list a little bit. So on the the letterbox list that, that Marty put out, um he's listed the companion films and then the one of his that it is the sort of companion film too. the way we're sort of describing it as like the Martin Scorsese film is the main course and the companion film is like the wine that goes with it. So we're kind of watching it, watching it in that way, but we're having, we're having the wine first and then the meal. So we're doing the, <laughs> the companion films and then the Scorsese film that goes with it. So uh, for example, our our first episode is going to be about the John Cassavetes film uh, shadows. And then the Marty film that that pairs with is who's that knocking at my door. Um, as you go through the list, there are some films that have, I think, like *Raging Bull* and *Killers of the Flower Moon* have got like four or five companion films each because Marty yeah. is such a cinema guy that he, it was like they were probably like, "No, look, look, just, just, just do one film per film." And he's like, "No, no, no, no," <laughs> and then just like reels off about five films or whatever that informed his choices or that he thinks yeah. pairs well with it. So yeah, we're 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 pretty stuck to that list. Um, we. There are some things. There's not many things that aren't on the list of his own filmography, like a couple of shorts um, and things that he sort of hasn't included uh, on this letterbox list. Which, depending on how things go, like further down the line, we might sort of look at at covering those as well as, as sort of bonus content or just because uh, we're completists, really, and we like yeah. <laughs> we like to so I want to have like a hundred percent of like viewed all Marty films on letterbox. <laughs> like that's my aim at the end. <laughs>
1: you could always message him you know when you get get through to that yeah. level you could always message <laughs> yeah. him and when you get when you get a far through the show you could just yeah. message him and say oh this is what we're doing what would you suggest we watch as a companion piece to this mm. that you haven't given us a list for but yeah it's so that's the dream.
2: It's like, yeah, it's the, yeah, that's the dream the, like, is correspondence the with
0: dream,
1: right? Like, <laughs> the, dr- the, dr- the dream is to get him on your show and do a long form. Let's face it. Oh,
0: yeah, I absolutely. Would die. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like that would be the single most intimidating thing that could possibly happen to me.
2: <laughs> but imagine um, it would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, you got to aim big, right, with these things. Like when yep. we sort of go into. A new project. I mean, we kept talking about our jaws, one that, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we got you know Spielberg or something? But I mean, these are these are very lofty ambitions. I think mm-hmm. it's fine to sort of say, like, wouldn't that be nice? If, but yeah, it's it's a nice thing to think about. But that's not sort of yeah, at the moment, not pursuing that actively. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll see if uh, we'll see if his daughter follows us back on TikTok. That's uh... yes. <laughs>
1: And then go that's
2: what there. I'm hoping for fingers crossed yeah. that's why I joined
1: <laughs> he, he has an account on Instagram as well
2: he does, he does yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
1: which is which, well worth uh, following I, I,
2: I wonder how much is that uh, his daughter like running it for him because <laughs> I saw a clip where he was talking about how he doesn't understand emails and I was like yeah this, <laughs> I wonder who is doing his Instagram for him <laughs> bless his heart
1: <laughs> a team probably a team yeah 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 <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Ryan.
2: And this is Avery.
0: And we are from the Frame by Frame King Crimson podcast, and you are listening to pods like us.
1: Speaking about, I mean, I'm going on a tangent already. Um, <laughs> I saw a fascinating video clip, and there were there was somebody was speaking with uh, with Joe Pesci, and he was talking about um, I think there's a his sequence in Goodfellas. And he was saying how there was this scene that was, it said that it's improv, essentially. But what Mm -hmm. Pesci was saying was that the improvisation, what he says, you've got to understand, he says that when he goes to make, do a scene, he says, he says, Marty knows exactly what's going to happen from beginning to the end. And he said something about how improv works sometimes with some films. He said, "You can't do that on Marty's films." He said, "What you have to do is you have to decide what the improv is before it starts rolling, and then you you, you sort of like go through it with him, and then he'll say, he'll either say yes, no, or tweak. Mm. And then he said, once that decision's made, that is what you go and do on a set." He says, "Well, a lot of the some other filmmakers will just let you do an ad, you know, an ad lib." there on on the film and he said Mm. uh, he said she says it's something about it's like he doesn't want to waste film constantly going from one idea to another idea to another idea to another he says you've got to have it nailed before you go out there and film it
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I've seen that same clip actually uh, somewhat recently within the last month or so. I think my algorithm found out I've been looking up a lot of things about Scorsese and was like, hey, uh, we're going to feed you all these clips of like De Niro and Pesci talking about stuff. But yeah, it's it's I think it's interesting because you think of the greats and a lot of them don't allow a lot of improv on their sets like the Coen brothers I know are like as written down to Mm -hmm. the pause like they allow no ad-libbing like we wrote it this way you're going to say it this way um and they're some of my favorite filmmakers i think they make great films and but they allow no ad-libbing whatsoever (laughs) and scorsese gets in there and like he likes to you know mess around and then spielberg i saw this clip where he says he doesn't even come up with a shot list uh for his day of of directing he either goes to the set early in the morning before the crew arrives or late at night after the crew leaves walks around the set and thinks about what he wants the next day and that's how he figures out his camera setups which
1: is crazy (laughs) Um, but but... for some for somebody who started in television that is Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. because that is not how you make television
0: no not at all not at all mm-hmm. like that is especially nowadays like it's it's all pre-vis for you but yeah in television and i remember peter Falk saying about his colombo episode that he had spielberg had shot lists like crazy he already knew what he wanted before they even got to days of filming and yeah. so at some point that switch flipped in him where he was like i'm good enough at this to where i can just fig- <laughs> i'll figure it out as i go so i mean even spielberg is um more or less improving as he's making his films which is wild to me <laughs> that he's just that you're so he, someone could be so good at their art uh that they can just be like yeah oh, whatever we'll figure it out go <laughs> like um and then you know uh i've also heard stories about to bring it back to scorsese um jack nicholson famous ad-libber right like yeah. put him on the map. that scene in five easy pieces where he freaks out on the diary and he knocks all the stuff off the the um table like that's all that whole scene i think is is improv and so um i think scorsese really got a kick out of working with jack nicholson on the departed but also i i think that might be the reason they were a one and done type of (laughs) type of deal because you know he is famous i think the most famous bit of that is when they're in in the departed and the way marty sets up his his uh shots for his shot reverse shot is he doesn't do coverage on one side and coverage on and then switch and coverage on the other he just points two cameras at the same time so he can get conversations in real time yeah and um there's the scene where costello's confronting uh leo dicaprio's character about the rat in the organization and he pulls out a gun and leo didn't know that he was gonna have a gun on him in that scene and then he, d- he drops the gun and it scares the shit out of leo sorry i don't know if i can swear on this on this show but uh uh it scares him and he uh there's a a, a scene in the commentary where or in the special features where the leo's like yeah it really really freaked me out i didn't know he was gonna have a gun on him and then there's a scene in a porn theater where nicholson also improved that he was going to like be fake uh pleasuring himself to the to the film and matt damon didn't know that and they were filming in a real <laughs> porn theater and so matt damon thought it was just a weird they were catching this weird guy on camera and then he stands up <laughs> and turns around and exposes himself to matt damon and it's nicholson <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh you know he exposes himself but he's got he's it, it's it's fake it's not you know he didn't actually expose himself but uh matt damon was just like yeah i was working with jack nicholson it was a wild wild experience and he like nicholson made one of the pas go and get him like a sex toy from next door so he could like be in character <laughs> so um you know scorsese really allows that sort of playfulness on his set at least to a degree but i think Nicholson might be such an agent of chaos that uh it was maybe a little much even for Marty.
2: Yeah, they um they talk about like Marty as being like a real actor's director. Like he he understands that actors have a process and that there's certain things they might want to try out, but I think it's just that he values that sort of that two-way communication where it's not just someone like coming in and causing chaos on something that has sort of been pretty meticulously planned out but if they're like hey i'd like to try it this way or i'd like to read it this way or whatever and actually kind of tell him that then that sort of seems to seems to work better and there's obviously like magic moments or lightning in a bottle moments can happen from from improv so it's it has its place i can understand like for certain directors it would be incredibly frustrating um but it's Good that, yeah, Scorsese seems to be that kind of director who understands that that is something that his actors like to do <laughs> and kind of allows it to a certain degree. Controlled, degree. controlled chaos.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that you've got with Jack Nicholson is that, you know, uh, he he started out essentially as a writer anyway. So, I mean, because mm-hmm. if, if people don't know, he, he wrote the script for... He was one of the script writers for Head, the mm-hmm. uh, the, the film by the The Monkeys. Yeah. And he was he was the main writer for um Easy Rider as well. Yep. Yep. So I mean he's a creative in himself, mm. essentially. I don't know what he's done since then. I've not really followed his writing or creative side other than being an actor since then. Nichols. Yeah, I don't know. I think once he broke, I think he kinda
0: gave up the ghost on that a little bit. I, I mean I'm sure he's done some sort of script punch-ups and stuff here and there, but I don't think he really ever like I don't think he directed anything ever. Um, that I know of. Because so. no. was it Dennis Hopper made Easy Rider? Was he the director on
1: yeah, he directed that, yeah. Yeah. So um research, choosing topics. It's gonna to be interesting, really. This this has made it more interesting, knowing that you're doing the it's almost like, from my own perspective, I'm seeing it as you're doing a, you're watching the film that, or the films that he suggested as companions, and then you're watching his film and you're doing a comparison. In a sense, you're looking at what the films, is this what I'm, and I'm guessing right? You're going to look at the films that he suggested, and then pick out the bits in that film that you think were inspiring, in a sense to to marty with his own film yeah
0: more or less and it's it's interesting and i think this is what really drew us to the idea is that this was the hook for me at least uh i don't (laughs) want to put words in sarah's mouth but one of the films on there is a film that i think it's the companion for wolf of wall street am i right about that sarah do you remember off the top of your head um
2: Sweet Smell of Success
0: is the film for Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, so it's not that one. It's the, it's the Bring one... Bring Out the Dead? Or... No. Oh, no, yeah,
2: I know the one you mean, where it's like it came out after.
0: So it didn't come out after. It came out before both films, but he didn't see it until uh, after he had made the film. Mm. So mm. it was... Um, oh, gosh, this is going to really bother me um <clears throat> so the film ca- oh the appointment is the aviator um yeah. so his co- so scorsese also wrote little blurbs like little commentaries on each companion film and why he views it as a companion film and he says edgar wright recommended Lindsay c vickers extraordinary movie it's called the appointment uh Extraordinary movie to me many years after I had made The Aviator and The Wolf of Wall Street, but it struck a chord for me, a quality that was common to both of those pictures, the obsessive compulsive craziness, the absolute unhinged spirit inside and out. And I that really caught my attention where it was like, oh, you when and retroactively made this fit with something you had previously made and you hadn't even seen until years after you had made Wolf of Wall Street. And he's saying it's a companion to the aviator. Well, aviator came out in 2004 Wolf of wall street came out in 2013. So like at least nine or 10 years after he had made the aviator, he views this as like a, a, a film that would have inspired the aviator. So it, sometimes it's just kind of, um, uh, a a vibe i guess he i guess he gets off of a film that he's like oh no this would pair well with this thing i previously made despite the fact that i hadn't seen it while making the film I, i now view it as something that pairs well with the film so i just think it's it's for us it was those kinds of things that caught our our attention where it's like oh some of this is just not even necessarily shots or particular plot points or particular you know filmmaking techniques but just a general tone of a film that fits
1: with his um in his eyes yeah so how are you going to record and mix the show then how is that going to be done
2: Oh, that's a you question, MJ. Yeah, that's a me question. <laughs> uh, so we record
0: via Discord, um, which is sort of a community. Uh, I don't. know. It's sort of a social media app. It's sort of it's sort of j- a jack of all trades, uh, really. That it's starting to become a master of all of them. I didn't really like Discord when we first started it, but it was free. <laughs> um, and uh, so what we do is uh, we have our Discord server and we log into that we log into a, <clears throat> a voice and video chat um channel on that and then we record two ways uh there's a a recording bot that we have in discord that records the actual video and audio call um actually just the audio he doesn't record video um <clears throat> he records the the bot records the audio and then uh we use that as a backup and then for our main sources we record natively on our own computers yeah. and then i mix and edit um sarah sends me her file i download it bring all of that into audacity and then run my filters and stuff on it and i just do it through audacity which is a freeware audio processing mm-hmm. program um, i'm an audio engineer by trade Uh, So that helps, I think, a a lot. I bring (laughs) sort of what I lack in the uh, organizational knowledge um, that Sarah brings to the table I make up for (laughs) in the uh, the the tech side of it. So I just usually I just run um, compressor, graphic EQ and a low pass filter through um, both our tracks. And then sometimes, depending on what noise looks like, I will either put a noise gate or run the um noise removal tool in Audacity, which has gotten really good in the last couple of years. It used to be a little it would give a little bit of an echo, but um uh, it's gotten really, really solid in the last couple updates. Um so those are like the the sort of meat and potatoes of what I do. And then obviously editing for content if I think tangents have gone too far or whatever, but that's that's like the the bird's eye view of the the recording and mixing process for. All the, all the shows that I do.
1: So I'm I'm guessing then that you use the record from Discord. You'll use that as the uh, guide, essentially, and then use that to line up the separate feeds. Would you?
0: No, so uh, we we use that strictly as a backup. And one of the things that Discord is re- or that the Discord bot is really good at is lining up the tracks for us. But I don't like the audio quality on it. So for our native recording, we before we start recording, well after we start recording, but before we start speaking, uh, Sarah counts us down three, two, one, and we clap into the microphone. So I have a peek in the audio track that I can line up and so if you line it up and it sounds like all one sound all one clap at once then everything's pretty much synced
1: that's brilliant that's great I've heard people do that before and when I recorded with uh Teamworks last week I did a program where they asked me about gaming and mm-hmm. uh, we, we spoke for a lot longer than we were supposed to do uh <laughs> they they do it by discord as well which was mm-hmm. my first time recording through discord mm-hmm. I'll be honest
0: Seeking Tarot is dedicated to exploring the 78 cards in the rider White Smith deck. You and I will uncover the story we all share by searching through that unknown, that mystery, that obscure. I welcome you my fellow seeker to the exotic lands. Maybe in our search we can find that uncommon magic elixir. Now grab your compass and let's get started.
1: What else have we got? We've got the the logo as well, which uh, I, I love that. It's like the <laughs> image or a variation of Marty with a party hat on. I do like that a lot. And the colourful as well with the yellow and and all those colourful pictures as well.
2: Yeah, who, who was that?
1: Was... that? Who was... Go on.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, shout out to my friend, uh, Alex Jenkins, who designed both of our pod artwork. So he did our uh, Let's jaws Us For A Minute pod artwork as well and is now our just like go-to person when we need a logo. I didn't even think to call anyone else. <laughs> I was just like, Alex, we need a logo, hook us up. Um, and he, what I love about Alex is how well he works to our brief, but also he will come up with come up with ideas and try things like when he after we'd kind of like uh, ironed out the kinks in, in the first one that he sent me um he then sent me like a whole bunch of variants of like different it sounds silly but like different combinations of like eyebrow and hair color so there's like one with like black eyebrows and white hair and then a slightly grayer hair and then like one with white eyebrows and it was like how do i, how do I choose between them um and sort of taking taking our our ideas as well like we we like the font on the uh after hours poster it's got this sort of cool like neon look to it um the color yellow even though me and MJ hadn't had a discussion about it we we both had in our minds yellow for some reason um it's on the taxi driver poster it's a a nice bright color and sort of makes it different to the the blue of of our jaws logo um so yeah uh incredible um i love the design i know it's a bit it's bad to just be so. like i love my own podcast logo um well, we didn't make but it that's
0: i think yeah, that we get yeah. the pass on it of like someone else <laughs> someone else did it and we love the work that that yeah. They did, but I, I actually have a question for you, Sarah, about our logo. Did you tell him to use the After Hours
2: logo or the After Hours font? So I, so we came up with like a mood board or I, I okay. did it, but I sort of ran it past you. MJ did. I have like, right. these are the kind of things we liked. And some of the things we were quite inspired by is like uh, the Criterion cover for the Charlie Chaplin film, Great Dictator, which is very mm-hmm. kind of like graphic and like, you know, it's Charlie Chaplin by the mustache and the hat. Like that was it um so that was sort of like our main source of of inspiration and then I was kind of looking at because for Jaws it was easy it was just like use the Jaws font (laughs) or as close to the Jaws font as possible because it's such a recognizable font and then I was sort of looking at, at, at Marty's posters and he tends to use a fairly kind of like similar font on a lot of his posters and I was just looking at kind of ones that did something a bit different and I Knowing Alex as I do, I I, I know him in real life. I know he's got kind of like a wacky sense of humor. (laughs) And the poster for After Hours is quite out there. Like it's got like, it's like a clock, isn't it? With the guy's head being like twisted around at the top. And then it's got this kind of like neon font. And so I sent Alex just like a bunch of posters so he could get like a feel for the font. And I think with the After Hours one, I was like, shout out to the After Hours poster for just being completely bonkers and like different to all the rest. Um, yeah. And I think he just liked that idea and, and ran with it. But yeah, it's it it works so well. Like we've, we've got different sort of uh, variations of the logo of like, it looks great with just the image. It looks great with just the text. It looks great with both together. It's just, yeah, I really love our logo. Like, I'll stop talking about it now. It's great. <laughs>
1: I'll quickly mention that Great Dictator, by the way, is a very overlooked film.
0: Mm. That yeah, is a great,
1: great. that's a, that a great film.
0: Great, 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 great film. It's one of my. I think it might be my favorite Chaplin.
1: I love that movie. That that Modern Times. Love that one. The Kid. The and, um, mm. Yes, yeah, that one, that's a great film. Oh, what no, a movie! No. Oh, I love that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it Limelight the other one? The,
2: the yeah, that's yeah. one
0: I've owned that's... for years, but I've never seen the one where he plays a, a sad clown.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. might not be good for me and my phobias, but
0: <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, is Limelight? I think it's it's either Limelight or Monster, Bordeaux. What's the what's his the dark comedy one he did? I think it's Limelight. Is the only time Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin were in a film together. Yeah.
2: Yeah
1: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and they work really well together as well on there. it's mm-hmm. brilliant yeah mm-hmm. it's a very emotional drama drama of the film i'll say that um but where was it going what next so
2: um i love i love the logo it's usually me who is telling like every whenever someone i see on like twitter or wherever is like i need a graphic designer i'm just like alex Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually it's usually me that is just kind of telling everyone how great his work is, and
1: <laughs> and uh, have you got any show music? I, I don't know because the show's not come out yet on on the streamers, so I don't know. Have you got show music? And what is it? And who is it?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll take the theme song. Um, <laughs> it is uh, written and performed by once again uh, a collaborator um, from the jaws podcast he's done our theme music for that he also has his own show i'll give him a plug fundamentals harley mumford um great 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 guy i mean the the nicest man in podcasting um (laughs) (laughs) and uh harley you know it was funny when we came up with the idea sarah and i immediately were like oh harley's gotta do the theme song and before we could even reach out to him he reached out to us and said do you need a theme song and we said, yeah, um, I know your course, you corresponded with him about it, but the idea that Sarah and I had come up with, um, which is, you know, the show's called Let's Party with Marty. Um, we got to do the section of the Beatles song birthday it says we're going to a party party, but we're going to a Marty party. Really? And we <laughs> just kind of I think is that all we gave him <laughs> was was that sort of idea
2: Yeah, it was a very little direction where I was just like, Harley, need a theme song, do your best. Uh, We like this Beatles song, you can fit the lyrics to it. (laughs) That was pretty much it. So very limited information. And within a
0: a couple days, he emails us, uh, hey, what do you guys (laughs) think of this? And it is this parody of Birthday by... Uh, the Beatles, and he definitely does the "We're going to a Marty party" part. <laughs> but what he has done is he is he has taken a bunch of quotes from Scorsese himself and Scorsese films and layered them in the mix of the audio, and it is brilliant. Like the the quotes he chose are so. So, I mean, so fitting to what the tone of the show is and where I I, I think we we're going with. It. I mean, I guess I don't know where we're going with it because we haven't started recording officially yet, but um yeah, it's just it is so beyond what even I had in mind for it, right? Like I just had the stupid idea of we're going to a Marty party, whatever. But like make that an idea. And then he pulled these quotes. I mean, he even has underneath him singing when it gets to the 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 bridge part of the song he has the 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 little chant that matthew mcconaughey does from wolf of wall street underneath like as the base Mm -hmm. of that in the sub frequencies in that that section of the song and i think that's so it's made me laugh so hard when i first heard (laughs) it that he he committed to the bit so hard that he even has the 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 one of the few musical bits in Uh, or like organic musical bits from a uh, Scorsese film. But I think that was important to us. One, because our theme song for uh, Let's Jaws for a Minute is very good. But, you know, Scorsese's got such a history of music and pop music in his films. Like he is, he is, I would say single-handedly the guy who popularized using pop music in a film in thoughtful, considerate ways. And that is something that like dots his entire career and so i think to have something that sort of reflects this sort of popular sensibility of using pop music that scorsese pioneered is was not necessarily something we verbalized but i think it was something that we kind of internalized and sort of were like we got to do that portion of his sensibility justice as well if we're going to commit to being the scorsese podcast you know
1: so, what would you say is your go-to Marty? If you're, if you're, you're just, you know, you're thinking this is the one Marty film that I have to watch that you always go to.
2: You go first, MJ. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> the I deep see. end. When oh, I you what, You Ponder. know what? I know what it is.
0: I know what it is. I know what it is. It's hey. the Last Waltz. I love The Last Waltz uh, so, so much. Um, I have seen The Last Waltz that came out on 4K, the Criterion Collection, this year. I picked it up in July, and I think I've watched it four times since I bought it uh, Uh in July. And this Saturday, actually, I'm going to a local concert where 30 local musicians are doing The Last Waltz start to finish. They're doing the set list from the movie. Live and I am so excited. <laughs> I am excited like it's Christmas. Uh, uh so yeah, I think it's the last waltz. That's just something I listen to the soundtrack all the time. It's if I need to just throw something on in the background, it's it's that one.
1: Yeah, and he's caught he's caught the band at a fantastic moment there as well. they they're mm-hmm. all great. That whole it's an amazing concert to watch. It's
0: incredible. Like, just the, the logistics. I You know, I mentioned earlier, I'm an audio engineer by trade. So, like, just watching that film and seeing what a production nightmare that must have been for the audio engineers of just having to keep all those. And there's a moment... Where there's a little bit of feedback and Robbie Robertson kind of gives a dirty look to the crew and it's like hey man like this is a five hour concert like give him a little <laughs> slack and Neil Young is on stage at the moment because they're having feedback off of um, Neil Young's harmonica and Robbie like Neil Young catches Robbie being a little like mean to the crew and Neil Young says into the microphone which really makes me laugh because they got it now Robbie it's fine <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Oh, service so to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh damn it. Um, <laughs> I always say my my favorite is Taxi Driver, but it it does change quite a lot because The Departed is special to me as like the I think the first Marty film I saw, um, and then sort of have worked my way backwards from them. There's still quite a few I haven't seen, including The Last Walk. Sorry, MJ. We'll get to it. Um. But I'm looking forward to filling in all the gaps that I that I have uh across this filmography because there are a few. But yeah, Taxi Driver, I I just I love, 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 love that film. I remember seeing it uh with my husband, which were on like a massive screen. Like the first time I saw it was at the cinema as well. I always feel like that mm. makes it feel like quite yeah. special when you see a film for the first time at cinema and it was oh unreal. Bob De Niro in that film is so good. It's uh I love that film so much. The score is incredible. It's amazing. Yes. I've only and seen that's... Taxi
0: Driver one time.
2: One time in your whole life. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Soon to change.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, I, I, I've got to put one of mine now, I suppose. I suppose mine might be Goodfellas. I do love, mm, I do love Goodfellas. I think that's a great mm. film. Yeah, but uh, really
0: easy to watch too. Like, it's just so, like, it's just constantly moving. There's just stuff happening left and right in that movie. Like, it's, I mean, he's said that he has kind of like, he wanted the the energy of Goodfellas to be almost like an hour and a half long movie trailer. And I think he nailed it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But you've also got the thing there where the ensemble parts of that. You, you've got actors there that are just so incredible and work so well together. And, yeah. And, you know, there's th- something I really love about it is uh, there's the bit where you've got Scorsese's mum in the mm. film and she's so natural with them. <laughs> it's this behind-the-scenes thing where she's just being herself, essentially, yeah. as she is with all of these they know each other already The mum already knows these actors yeah and that's yeah. how she is with them and there's just mm-hmm. something so magical to that sequence that always that draws me to it knowing that behind the scenes fact it just makes me smile when I see it and yeah and that's his mum you know and I'm thinking that's how she is
2: she's amazing it's so great I, I it's almost like that could have not been like like that was, like you said, like just a behind the scenes thing where she is just like making food for like for the boys. Because <laughs> that is like the sort of thing that she would do in real yeah. life anyway as like Italian woman of a set generation. So yeah, it's she is so great in that. <laughs> I'm Agent Scott.
0: And I'm Cam the Provocateur.
2: And we're from the Spy Hards podcast.
0: That's right. And you are listening to Pods Like Us, the podcast that also has the Midas touch.
1: But the, I mean, the the John Cassavetes. I, I know we've got to rush on because MJ needs to get off shortly. Uh, the John Cassavetes. I could see how that would be influential because I mean, when I um, when I see Mean Streets, I can see almost a Cassavetes style in that film. When I, when I've watched Mean Streets, I can see very much like Cassavetes used to direct and make his films, an influence in there. I don't know whether the, the Cassavetes. one of the films that marty suggested for that one
0: so that Uh, was for who's that knocking at my door is the cassavetes one but um mean streets so uh yeah so it's shadows by cassavetes is the companion to who's that knocking at my door however um uh the intention on marty's part despite the characters having different names is that the harvey Keitel character in mean streets is the same character from who's that knocking at my door. Right. So they are very spiritually connected. Um so I'm sure there's a lot of Casavetti. I haven't seen Mean Streets in years, but I'm sure there's a <laughs> lot of that Casavetti's um uh nature in Mean Streets as well as who's that knocking at my door because mm. of how connected you know um Scorsese conceived both of those films as part two parts of a trilogy or yeah two the final two parts of a trilogy the first one was called uh jerusalem jerusalem and never got made um but that one was about that character and so each one was about that character is supposed to be that character in different stages of his life with his catholic faith essentially Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah So what would you, what would you say is the dream episode that you would want to do or mm-hmm. the one that you were looking forward to the most
2: I mean Dream is getting to to talk to the man himself, or sure. I would really personally also love to talk to Thelma Schoonmaker. Um, Scorsese, oh editor, yeah, a huge hero of mine. She was recently on a um a podcast, like an editing podcast, and I was like, she's done podcasts, so that kind of like put, me, <laughs> that put the, like the thing in my brain of being like, maybe um that's that's the 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 big dream. But episodes I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to one films that i haven't seen there's a really big film that i haven't seen but i'm not going to i'm going to wait until the episode the episode that it is to say like what film that is because i feel like everyone is just going to be really shocked <laughs> and i can't you can wait tell that me reaction.
1: when we sign out
2: yeah i will do i'll let you i'll let you in on the secret um so looking forward to that one um there's a pairing that I'm really looking forward to, which is Cape Fear um, and the companion film is Night of the Hunter because I love mm-hmm. Night of the Hunter um, and very excited to sort of what that that's a one of the few on the list where it's like, I have already seen that pairing. There's a cop. I've seen the pairing for Wolf of Wall Street as well, which I think is Sweet Smell of Success. So there's a couple mm-hmm. where I have seen them already um but i'm really looking forward to talking about that i've been looking for an excuse to talk about night of the hunter and it's like me and mj are gonna have a great time talking about those films. <laughs> i know it already so yeah that's i think the one i'm looking forward to the most at the moment but there's there's plenty i'm I'm excited to talk about all of them <laughs>
1: mj
0: yeah um <clears throat> well sarah took mine but um <laughs> the <laughs> other one i'm interested in is uh bringing out the dead um i love that movie but one of the and that's when he has two yeah he has two films um that are companions to it and one of them is the flowers of saint francis which is a film about saint francis of assisi what um that is such (laughs) a confusing pairing to me um i've seen both once again it's it's one that i've seen both films and in my brain, I do not see the connection whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to watching them in quick succession to see if I can pick out what he he means by that. And it's so he has two for that one. The other one is called Ordet, and his notes uh, apply to both Ordet and. The Flowers of St. Francis, and it just says how far do you go when you give yourself to helping others? That's the question at the core of our picture and the great films of Dreyer and Rossellini. So I think he's viewing it as like, that's a film about an EMT bringing out the dead, who is at kind of at his wits end with his job, but he still feels some compulsion to do it because he is helping people in some way, shape, or form. And I think that he views our debt and flowers of St. Francis as portraits of men who were sort of in similar but maybe slightly less cynical um, places with with that. Because to me, like, bringing out the debt is such a – it's it feels so nihilistic to me. Um, and maybe it's not. Maybe I, I am missing that context of – no marty was try, trying to make his his saint flowers of saint francis uh with with that film but it's just something that is so off the wall to me that i i can't wrap my head around it so i'm looking forward <laughs> to like diving in and seeing if i can pick scorsese's brain through these three films to see if uh if i can discern what his intention was with that
1: with all of your experience then the both of you um uh, I, I i feel like I feel like a baby boomer now in comparison. <laughs> My three years have got nothing on you two. So... Um, you old pros. You're your old pros. So, <laughs> but not that sort. So what <laughs> advice would you give to people starting a podcast for their first time?
2: I i think you, I, I said this a lot about our jaws podcast in particular and i think that it sort of translates over to this as well the idea has to be something that you are super passionate about um i i don't think it's the sort of thing that you can go into half-assed because it's it, it's a lot of commitment you've got to want to kind of put out episodes regularly enjoy doing them um uh, be excited to kind of share them you know with everyone I mean me and MJ joke about this but we do both listen to our Jaws podcast as well most of the time because it's like just want to check that it sounds okay but also like I forget everything that I say on the episode so I listen to them and enjoy them afresh and it's like I don't I feel like you couldn't do that unless you really truly enjoyed the thing that you're talking about I mean Jaws is our (laughs) speaking for both of us favorite film of all time so going through that film in in the level of detail that we did, it just never, ever felt like a chore. Like every sim- single episode was an absolute joy. And, I, you, you know, sort of catching us at the beginning of our, of our next podcast journey is just like, I feel exactly the same about this. Like, I'm just so excited to get started. Yeah. I watched our first film today. I'm like knee deep in all of my books and research and just absolutely loving it. Can't wait to get started. So yeah, very long winded way of saying I think it's, it has to be something that you love. It has to be something that you're that you're really passionate about because that passion will then come through to your listeners and it will make them want to keep coming back, specifically to you, because there are thousands <laughs> of different movie podcasts. There's other yeah. podcasts that have covered Scorsese films. There's even a, another podcast that went minute by minute through Jaws. So it's not like we that's <laughs> a, a completely unique premise but it's like right. you give people a reason to to come back to you and that's why that that passion and excitement is is so important
1: yep you, you can't reinvent the wheel but if you put an extra mm. spoke on there's a little bit different yeah.
2: very much so yeah uh
0: for me it's two c's it's commit and communicate um and that is commit to a day you're going to release your episodes try to stick to it as much as possible if you're not communicate that you were not going to be able to hit that um i think that's super important i think consistency i guess that would be the third one is uh <laughs> consistency is just like the consistency is the key of just if you're gonna do it do it and also if you're gonna do it just do it your first episode's not gonna be that good it just mm. isn't right <laughs> um unless unless you have previous experience coming in right like i think at this point starting this new podcast with our combined experience, we know what we're doing, right? That's why that's the only reason we're taking on this project. It's the only reason we feel prepared at all to take on this project. (laughs) But if you are new to podcasting, just record something, get it edited. It doesn't have to sound like NPR, right? There's a, there's a DIY nature to this that I think is the kind of special and unique and what makes it uh, an art form that I love. And Yeah, just get it out there, get it out there, commit to a day, and then communicate with your audience if you can't make those commitments or if something changes or if you're going to change the format. My first podcast, the one that's still going, the format is completely different than when I started. And it's fine. Like, you can do that, right? Like, it's it's, unless you are one of the many celebrities overtaking the space right now, your audience will go with you if they like you. You know, and I think that people get very scared about change. But I think if something's not working, if you, as long as you communicate it to your audience, they will go with you if they like you as a personality.
1: So, what shows do you like to listen to yourself?
2: Oh, I'm very bad at listening to, <laughs> to <other> podcasts. <clears throat> um, <laughs> at the moment, uh, I'm currently on like a rewatch slash wash watch for the first time of uh the west wing so i'm listening to as an accompaniment to that uh west wing weekly um as a kind of like gives a little rundown of each episode so like i watch the episode then i listen to the podcast um i'm also very slowly going through 1001 albums you must listen to before you die mm-hmm. uh the book and there's a an accompanying podcast series to that as well and the episodes are super short they're like 20 minutes so uh, I listen to the album and then I listen to the the podcast on it. Um, but I am quite bad at like committing to like regularly listening to some podcasts. We've got we've got friends who do podcasts as well, and I I, I listen to theirs as well. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I I I I flit in and out of podcasts quite regularly. It normally depends on like it's related to something else that I that I'm yeah. currently like watching, listening to, or whatever.
1: I do the same thing, you know, listening to songs. So there's, uh, I'll, I'll I'll say three of them. I mean, I listen to loads of podcasts, uh, obviously. So if, if there's the ELO podcast, for instance, and they're going to speak about a specific song, I will listen to the song, even though I know ELO songs mm. already. I don't really need to with, with a lot of them. <laughs> and the same, not so much with Tom Petty. I'm learning about Tom Petty as I listen to that podcast. And then there's a uh, there's one I've started to listen to, which is about Talking Heads which sometimes oh. will, will be new to me.
0: What's the name of that Talking Heads podcast? I love the Talking <laughs> Heads.
1: I will send a link to Sarah through Instagram yep. and Sarah will get that to you. Yep. Um, <laughs> but each time I will always listen to the song first and then listen to them talking about it. But the Talking Heads one, out of interest, is really interesting because they get the sources themselves to speak about it as well oh cool they, they they've had franz and tina and all these people behind the scenes actually in their show as well and th- so they use actual footage from interviews that they've done as well with these people in the show oh that's that, awesome. that's fascinating yeah. that is that's right of my alley yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's i have three mainstays um one does seasons it's you must remember this which is Karina Longworth's podcast it's a film history podcast excellent 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 show um she does like narrative stuff she also has a really great book about howard hughes and hollywood um uh my brother my brother and me which is a comedy podcast uh where these three brothers give really bad advice to people who write in with mundane problems um and then uh a board game podcast i love board games you can see my shelf right behind me um it they're actually uk boys uh shut up and sit down is the name of the 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 podcast but that one sometimes they will reference stuff and i have to text sarah and be like hey they were talking about <laughs> what's this what's a meal my... deal <laughs> yeah hey what's a meal deal? <laughs> um we don't have those <laughs> Explain.
1: Oh, you, you need those yeah,
0: yeah.
2: tesco yeah. mildew will change your life <laughs> yeah the
0: one that really the one that really set off a powder keg that i did not know i was stepping on was that one of them referred to toilet paper as bog roll and uh <laughs> i was like what is that and she was like no one calls it
1: that <laughs> they, they must be from the north i yeah. think he is Lura. yeah
2: loo roll is the is the acceptable <laughs> yeah. or just toilet roll toilet paper toilet i roll. don't know not yeah. bog roll
1: yeah. no. <laughs> e- even i don't say that and i'm from book, sort of <laughs> midlands
0: yeah it just it really like she was just like gross and i was like oh okay i was like i did not realize this was going to to like set off such a spicy take from uh uh from Sarah and I was like it does like I agree that it is kind of a gross term for toilet paper it does make you sound like a nation of Shreks.
2: Yeah <laughs> nation of Shreks. That's
1: brilliant. I need to I need to clip that <laughs> nation of Shreks.
0: The Shrek podcast they, Nation of Shreks. Yeah. there
1: must be one.
2: If not, <laughs> I'll <start it>. Sarah.
1: <laughs> if you're thinking of starting your own podcast and you love Shrek, <laughs> get, off you go.
2: There we go. Free idea.
1: <laughs> okay. So, where can people find you and get hold of you?
2: Um, yeah, we are on Twitter. Let me just open up. Wait, we're still calling it Twitter. We don't call it the other thing because, you know, no, I we're don't. normal, sensible people. Um, we are at Let's Party Marty on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. It's different everywhere, which is why I'm checking on my phone. Uh, Let's Party Marty pod on Instagram. We're also on TikTok and I have no idea what I'm doing. So please <laughs> come and find us on there. I think we're just Let's Party Marty uh, on TikTok. Uh, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Um, I I think that on all the major ones, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, you want to find us? We will be there. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it for where you can where you can find the find the pod. Did I miss PFJ? I mean, new social media comes out every week, and yeah. I'm struggling to keep up. So,
0: yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. I think that's the the main spots to find the the pod.
1: I'll see if I can find a pod follow uh, to, to 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 use as a link in the notes. Mm. Yeah. New new shows. It's a bit difficult to find on Pod Follow.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We're, we're certainly on, like, because we use Spotify for podcasters, which used to be Anchor, um, which usually puts you everywhere, I think. But MJ did all yeah. that stuff, so.
1: <laughs> okay. You can find Pods Like Us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Threads, and Twitter. I'm not going to say X either. <laughs> and you can contact us through Pods like Us at gmail.com. Anyway, thanks for speaking with me today, guys. Yeah, of course.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. I've taken note of the Jaws podcast. That's in my feed for Thursday.
2: <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> it's very nerdy.
1: <laughs> yep. Up my street. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.